Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Rewind. Ryland Turner here, joined, as always, by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, this month, it's WrestleMania season. And this week is our uh, WrestleMania week of uh, full of podcasts, including this one. WrestleMania 21. Kyle, it was a WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely was that. The WrestleMania, the Hollywood thing, they definitely, um, they hit it very hard, which we'll, we'll definitely get into. And, you know, it is the kind of WrestleMania you come, sort of come to expect. There's ups, downs, a lot of big matches, a lot of, uh, big names that they tried to build up in a big way. And obviously, you know, Considering the guys who were there. My man, Aki um, Bono. Oh, God. But I'm saying, that considering the people who they sort of bigged up in this big way, it stands to reason that this was a an important WrestleMania, but I guess it's time to determine whether or not it was a good one. Before we get into our uh, lists, as we always do on this program, we go to Rob our WrestleQuizdom champion, for facts on uh, the pay-per-view that we are reviewing. And uh, this this month he came packed. I'll start at the beginning of his notes here. The, the original WrestleMania goes Hollywood. What he calls the OVW era as Cena and Batista both became world champions for the first time after both being former OVW world champions. Mm-hmm. 21 was the first mania at the Staples Center, but the fifth in the L.A. market. The return, uh, or Stone Cold, uh, the return of Stone Cold on this show uh, started his uh, part-time appearances role after a long uh, layover. Uh, the final mania appearance of Eddie Guerrero. Uh, the tickets sold out in under one minute, a WrestleMania as well as Staples Center record for sellout at the time. Uh, 20,193 was what they, uh, what, what, what the record was. There were attendees from 50 states and 37 countries. $7.1 million grossed in ticket sales, making it the highest earning WWE event at the Staples Center to date. And then he goes into the commercials. The commercials leading into this was, as, uh, we mentioned, uh, a lot of, uh, Hollywood, uh, Stuff going on. Uh, Forrest Gump was played by Eugene with Tom, uh, or sorry, with uh, William Regal making cameo appearance. I don't remember that one, and I'm kind of glad I don't. We'll, we'll get to that. Braveheart featuring Triple H playing the role of Mel Gibson with Ric Flair making an appearance. Basic Instinct with Stacey Keebler playing the role of Sharon Stone, along with Chris Jericho and Christian playing the roles of interrogators with the fabulous Moolah and Mae Young making a cameo appearance. Uh, the one that Kyle and I mentioned uh, earlier this week, uh, the Pulp Fiction one with Eddie Guerrero and Booker T, fantastic. Fantastic. It was certainly the best one of these. A Few Good Men with JBL and John Cena. Dirty Harry with The Undertaker. And When Harry Met Sally featuring Kurt Angle and Christy Hemme. I remember that. That was a thing that happened. 
Uh, the, and then of course there was the taxi driver ones, which, which was done by everybody on who, who was in like the, the mid card at that point. I'm not even going to go, go through all the list of names, but a lot of people did the, the, the taxi driver scene. And then of course, Gladiator was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, celebrities were at this show. Uh, David Arquette, Motorhead, which we'll get into. Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, Billy Gibbons, ZZ. No, we have to because I, I've got a point to make. Uh, ZZ Top, the Black Eyed Peas, Billy Corgan, Anthony Kiedis, Ice Cube, Carbon. Oh, Jesus, there was a lot of celebrities. And uh, yeah, that uh, the uh, Meltzer ratings for the matches. Uh, Ray and Eddie got a three point two five. I feel like that's low. Uh, Money in the I, Bank, Money in the Bank got a four point five. I, I I agree with that. Hmm? Um, Taker and Orton got a three and a half. That's about where I'd put it. The women's title match got a dud. I, yeah, yeah, I guess. Like I, I, I do think it was a little bit better than a dud, but still. Uh, Angle and Sean got four point seven five. Yeah, that sounds like Dave Meltzer doesn't want to give out five stars. Yeah, like because that was. A, oh, we'll get into it. The sumo was a dud. Uh, I, I'm surprised it didn't go into the negatives. <laughs> uh, CNN JBL got a 1.25. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. And Batista and Triple H got a 3.75. I so oh that's <laughs> very that's very interesting because. Uh, I had the basically the exact opposite reaction for those two matches. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, with all that, I think, Kyle, we can get into our top tens. All right. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, you know what? Aki Bono and Big Show, you, you guys tried. <laughs> that um, was – that was. Uh, what do you got to say about that, if you have anything? Oh, we'll get to it. It's on my list. Oh, okay. All right. I, I like that. That's the uh, that's the only honorable mention I have. Um, honorable mentions for me, Lillian Garcia sang America the Beautiful, and, like, I'm not sure why they didn't bring a singer to do it. Well, she was their singer for a while. <laughs> I know that was the, the gimmick, but, like, even despite that, I, I simply do not understand. <clears throat> All right, Kyle, your top ten. Your, your number oh, ten. Sorry, I got one more. The other one was, oh. the, as you mentioned. Sorry, the other album I mentioned was that the movie thing was weird, but at least Booker T was like kind of interesting. He <laughs> so the thing about it was like he certainly didn't do a Samuel L. Jackson impersonation. He sounded like Booker T, right? Which was kind of what we what we needed. My number ten, um. Hot Rod tried to fight the what chant. I, I yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. I enjoyed. He that. was he was mad about that. He um, he. I feel like he he. I, I you know what? We'll we'll talk about it because honestly, um, the the what chant. I've I've said this many times, and I'll continue to say it is the worst thing in the history of wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
And anybody who does it, even with Stone Cold in the ring, should feel ashamed of themselves. And I'm not a person who likes to criticize um, fans for doing anything. If you, you know, buy your ticket, you should have the right to uh, to cheer and boo who you want to or what have you. There's a couple exceptions to this. One is you can't you your interaction with the wrestlers must stay words. And even then, your words are limited. And number two, uh, you can't um, th- just stop doing the what chant. It's it's ridiculous. And it's Roddy Piper while he was the year he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know like, what? I I won't save this for what I have, but like, uh, I I thought he he combated it pretty well. Like I, I, I felt like I, I feel like he 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 almost anticipated it, and once he got it, he he knew right where to go. Like he always had a comeback. It wasn't like he was sitting there looking like silly. I don't think. But we'll again. Well, I don't want to give too much away because we'll get into it. No, um, I agree. I think for me, it was just not not great. But the the Carlito stuff was so weird and. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about WWE sure loves to bury current talent. And they've loved to do that for quite a while. And it's so odd. And and why? You know? Yeah, I I, I don't know. It it's it's a it's a thing where I feel like when it comes to WrestleMania or, you know, shows with, you know, tons of legends on them, uh, Vince look, would look at it like, well, I mean, like, you got a goofy gimmick, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you by some uh, older guys. Yeah, and it's like you gave them the gimmick. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's what's so, that's what's so it's weird about Carlito, it. the character that he spit apples in people's faces, and he was cool. Yeah. And he was the son of, uh, was he the son of Carlos Colon? Yes. The, like, the one of the biggest wrestlers, like, the biggest wrestling name in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel, yeah, I feel like Carlito probably deserved a bit more. He also wasn't a bad wrestler. No, he, he, I don't feel like he was quite as good as he could be at this point, but he would grow into quite a really good wrestler. And when him and uh, his brother Primo were uh, put together, uh, they were a fantastic tag team. Uh, before the Colognes, who did not involve Car- Carlito for some reason. Yeah, well, I think Carlito had his fix of uh, of WWE at that point. And he was, and basically he went home and became the king of Puerto Rico because I'm pretty sure he was booked to be their world champion. So, so yeah, this I like. I thought this was okay, but it, it, it's the it's crowd service. Like we're not too far removed from Austin being gone, so that's sort of whatever. But but the hot rod stuff was a little bit weird, and Carlito getting buried was just silly. Um, that's my number. That's my number ten. Yours? Uh, my number ten is uh, Trish Stratus versus Christy Hemi. Uh, this stunk. It was only four minutes. But it was uh, 
It was the longest four minutes you've ever seen in a wrestling ring. I tell you that much. Uh, Trish tried and Trish was in a point at a point at this point where she was, you know, she had gotten to that point where she was performing well in matches. And it's, it's too bad that Christy Hemi, who was not in any way, shape or form ready for this uh, position was given it because, uh, these were prime Trish years where she could have been having really great matches at WrestleMania, and instead we get this. Uh, uh, you, you have a difference of opinion? Um, no. I, I don't think it was a good match. I don't think it was like the worst thing ever. We, the last show we watched, had a worst women's match on it. Um, the Sable versus. Um, Luna Vachon match. Yes. But this is just kind of standard fare. Christy Hemi was not, like, hit a couple moves, but the whole thing about that character was basically that she had been training for this. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, the kicks, the low kicks to the ankle, like, the, the, those, those, and that Trish sold them like she was a, being attacked by a ninja. Like, I mean, those are things, like, what else can you do, right? I guess. Like, good for Trish. Like, I'll say that. It's amazing that we're talking about WrestleMania 21, the last Hollywood WrestleMania, and this one coming up, we have Trish Stratus performing at it. Um, but and yeah. Lita. Yeah, and Lita. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was my feeling, is that this was, this was blah. Yeah. You're number nine, sir. Uh, that was my number nine, I should say. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, well then, uh, my number, yeah, my number nine was, uh, uh, JBL versus John Cena. So I don't remember this match. Uh, like this was the first WrestleMania that I ever watched as a, a kid growing up. I don't remember this match, uh, being as like, okay, I'll just, I, I thought it was boring. Uh, I I I thought that just everything about it was and I, I you know what like I'll talk more about this when I talk about another match that I also thought was pretty boring later. Um, it's such a pivotal moment in John Cena's career and his look back on like the, the beginning, right? It just to to find out that that pro- or to be reminded that that process to getting to that point was such a dud for me anyway. Um, it was it was kind of it's sad because <laughs> I've been watching you know John Cena forever and uh, to go back and see him uh, have that be his crowning uh, moment the first time be uh, becoming WWE champion it just kind of was sad. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think I might have had my opinion might have been higher on this match, but we'll we'll get to it. Um. We'll do my number eight then, right? Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying this. The big show deserve better than this. Yeah. What yeah. was this? It I, I honestly I don't I I don't remember because I, I mean at the time I was watching, but like I I, I don't remember how we got to the big show. Uh, maybe maybe uh, uh, Aki Bono like showed up at like an event and interacted with the Big Show, I, but they didn't have a build for this. 
like there was no video package giving us anything about what was going on here. It was just this really embarrassing moment, I find. And the thing, and the thing about it, it was like hearing these people who've clearly never seen a sumo match before try to call, like, try to commentate a sumo match was awkward. I don't think it was, I won't go as far as to say it was racist, but it was culturally insensitive. Let's say that. It was really just bad, and I do not understand WWE's continued fascination with not having wrestling matches on their wrestling show. Like, why would the fans who came to see a wrestling show who, you know, how many of them have ever seen a sumo match before? How many of them want to see that? And then, of course, like, they're, they're doing the, the, the traditions of the sumo match and, like, the salt in the ring to, or the purifying the ring and everything like that. And it's like, just dragging on and the crowd is clearly having none of this. And I don't, know why this was decision that was made. Who did this benefit? Certainly not the big show, let me tell you. No, no it, it, this is not a, I, I don't feel like this is a, a moment that Paul White looks back on his career and goes, that was the best of times. But that being said, though, by, I think, by, um, the, no, I, I, I don't think he gets another WWE title run. I, I thought it was there. Were, there was another run in between there, but no, there's uh there's no, there's no uh, shying away from the fact that this was pretty bad. Yeah, this was this was just bad. Uh, I'll I'll move it on to you. What's your number? Uh, what's your number eight? Motorhead did not know the lyrics to Triple H's song. Lemmy struggled through this musical performance of leading Triple H down to the ring. And Jerry Lawler was convinced that this was the coolest thing in the world. He obviously could not hear him. Because, I paid attention to this myself. Okay, like it, 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 like if you if you go back and you watch, like and, and like everyone knows the lyrics to Triple H's theme song. They, you hear them every week for twenty years. You pick it up a little bit, you, at least you the beginning. You say that, like you say that, but like having heard Triple H's theme song a bunch. I, I know that he Lemmy says the word game a lot, but I can't really understand. Like, and this is what's bizarre about it is that it's odd that he made mistakes enough that they were noticeable. Because if he had just sort of said game a bunch of times, I don't know that I would have known, known the difference. It, it, <laughs> I had to look. Up, I had to figure out if this was an actual Motorhead song that they wrote, or if this was something that they did for him. And I went and I found it. It's a it's a bonus track on one of their albums, and it was ro- written by Jim Johnson. So this is not one that they were taking out on the uh, on the tour, and that's the same with uh, King of Kings and uh, Lion in the Sand, which is uh, Evolution. Evolution is a mystery. <laughs> I, knew I, don't know, it I don't know what's after that. I just know that Evolution is indeed a mystery. Um, yeah, I thought it, I, as as a fan of of uh, like Motorhead, I, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, don't get me wrong. Knowing Lemmy though, 
might not have been, you know, might not have been by uh, choice. He might have just been uh, a few drinks in. It's fair. Um, my number seven, we'll move on to. And Batista and Triple H was pretty meh. Looking back at this show, um, I, like the moment, I think, is a big part of it. And I didn't have the build-up to, to this. To like want to like really want Batista to uh, have or to, like to, to have this moment. Like this match was tw- uh, clocked in at twenty one minutes. If you had told me that it was over thirty, I would have believed you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I feel the same way about that. <laughs> it was the last match I had to watch, and it took forever. Yeah, ever. And I, it was after a long day. I just sat down on the couch, and I'm just like, "Oh, guys, get to it!" And it, yeah. it, the one thing, and this is also my my uh, number seven. Like, um, the the one thing about this match that bothered me, I think, the most is like, it was it, again. You, it's another moment where you look back, and it's important for Batista's career. But these guys would follow it up with two more matches at the next two pay per views, ending with a Hell in a Cell, which. I mean, like if if this was this if this was WrestleMania, that Hell in a Cell match, I don't remember it, but I bet if I if if we ever went back and watched it, it would not be good. I'm willing to bet. Triple H was in this weird era at this time where he was he couldn't have a good match with anybody. Yeah, like the the year prior, we're, we won't talk about, but the. Uh, the, the the one before that, Booker T and that terrible match at WrestleMania that did not crown Booker T. Nope. The year before. How do you have a bad match with Chris Jericho? Uh, you follow Rock and Hogan, I guess. I don't know. I suppose. I suppose that, that does. Uh... Even still. Um, yeah. And Triple H, like, yeah, there was a lot of people that I don't think um, I don't think had great Wrestlemania matches with Triple H oh god Roman Reigns forgot about that it's so bearing um, yeah I do appreciate that Ric Flair wasn't the one who bled in this match <laughs> you know what's amazing to me is this was like what 20 years ago yeah. Uh, Ric Flair looks so much more youthful 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> he sure does. He, his, his last 20 years has not been kind to him. Um, should we move on to number six? Let's go. Okay. In order. Eugene, down. This character is bad, and Vince McMahon should feel bad. Muhammad Hassan, down. This character was a real bad idea, and Vince McMahon should feel bad. Hulk Hogan, down. This got progressively worse. Yeah. (laughs) And what I loved about it is that Hulk Hogan came to make the save. Did he do anything to try to actually help Eugene? No, of course not. 
but but he beat up Muhammad Hassan, America. Yeah. And, and posing with the American flag in the background after. Uh-huh. It was uh, typical Hogan. Typical who also went into the Hall of Fame that year. Yeah. Uh, this was, um, I mean, yeah, also right in the middle of the war, eh? Oh, how how did Ms. Hamas Hassan, how was this? Well, you heard how he got kicked off TV, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, it we got progressively worse. It, you know what? Honestly, it, what I feel bad about is the fact that that guy was a really good worker. And he was unfortunately put in that terrible gimmick and while he was having good matches, it just was not connecting with the crowd, obviously. And uh, it was uh, not long before he'd be pulled off TV, unfortunately. Um, also, and this is important, um, it was actually this year he ended up getting pulled off TV. But Mark Capani, not Arab. I think I knew that. Was he? What was he again? He's Italian. He's from Syracuse. Yeah, he's Italian American. He's from Syracuse. Huh. Yeah. No. This was this was awful. <laughs> well, I, I'll combat that with my number six, which I thought was something that was a good thing. I, I thought the Piper's Pit with Steve Austin was fought. It was good. I I really enjoyed. Uh, just Piper interacting with the crowd. I honestly like the what chant. Yeah, you're right. It's it's one of the worst things in wrestling. But um, I, again, I thought he came prepared. I I thought that the interactions between him and Austin back and forth, it was, you know, it was simple shit, right? They, they played the crowd, both of them, you know, legends on the mic. And I, I think it worked. It was hilarious. Uh, seeing him basically get Piper just loaded. Like, afterwards, when they're having the beer bath, he's just smashing beers, and Piper can barely stand up, and this is when he chooses to stun him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, no, uh, I thought it was a fun segment, and it, it was kind of a nice break in between matches. Like, I'm not opposed to segments like this if they're done properly. Um... At a, at a, you know, WrestleMania, but we haven't seen anything like this, like, since, so. Yeah. Uh, we're in the number five, right? We are. Seeing in JBL was fine. As far as what I was expecting from this match, first of all, it was mercifully short. Match was only under it was under twelve minutes. Yeah. And secondly, like I thought they moved at a pretty good pace. Like did John Cena hit anything aside from the five moves of Doom? No, not really. He didn't but, have any at that point. Like he he wasn't mm, busting out the, the springboard stunner yet. No. And was JBL No, I know, but was JBL like He's not at his Bradshaw worker peak at this point. JBL's a better character than I think Bradshaw was, but I think Bradshaw, especially in the APA, was a better worker. But, like, he was fine. He moved pretty well. 
They they had each other reasonably well scouted. The match wasn't too long. It got in and got out, got the job done. John Cena was ended up being the champion. Like this was fine. Like compared to Batiste Triple H, and this is what I don't understand about the, the the two things. And I get it. Like you know, long matches are a good thing. You want that long epic, whatever. But this was not epic. Whereas, and I don't think John Cena and Bradshaw was epic, but it wasn't trying to be. It was trying to be what it was, which was a way of getting John Cena um, the champion, giving him the championship. Right. Which, guess what? Mission, mission accomplished. They did it. That's how I, I mean, thought about it. That, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what was your number five? The Undertaker and Randy Orton. Uh, I thought that this was, I, I, honestly, like, it, this is an era of Undertaker where he's not wrestling great matches. Like, he, the, the year prior, uh, he wrestled Kane at WrestleMania, returning to the dead man gimmick. And, uh, anytime him and Kane locked up, it was a bad match. It's always a bad match. Uh, legends, and and the you know er, you know they're always connected, but uh, always bad match. So this was a, a breath of fresh air because Randy Orton at the time, and I think there is a story to this match where like Randy Orton, I think he went out and partied. There was they were supposed to do some you know sit down and talk about the match at some point. He had a, a time with the Undertaker, and he went out and partied the night before and missed the time with the Undertaker. So day of the show comes around and he's like, so what do you want to do? And he's like, I gave you an opportunity to, to do that like uh, a few days ago. So now you're just going to follow me in here. So Undertaker just led this whole match. And I thought that the, like some, some of the spots I thought were impressive. Like the first time I've ever seen a tombstone pile driver reversed into another tombstone pile driver, this match. Yeah. Like I thought that was really cool. And Orton, it's weird. In this era of Orton, he was almost like a completely different wrestler. Yeah. A lot a lot quicker, a lot less methodical, which you know, I think he became over the years. And I, I think that's learning to work smart and not, you know bust yourself up. He he he's had he had longevity for a long time. Um but no, I thought this was really entertaining. And I even the cowboy bob stuff too, like Whatever, like yeah, it, it, it was it was hilarious. So I enjoyed this. So here's what I'll say about uh, the streak to this point. Randy Orton was the first match that actually felt like it meant something for the streak. Because let's we forget the year bef- the years before, um, sure he wrestled Kane the year before, but that was more about you know brothers feuding, and also it only it was under ten minutes. Yeah. And he wrestled the year before that he wrestled A Train in the Big Show. Forgive me if I don't think that that's like exactly a big deal match for him. Well, yeah, it was that that was yeah that was a whole mess of a match too. The next two matches, or the next two matches after this, are Mark Henry and the casket match and Batista. Neither of which I think are particularly great matches. Um, the next, like, solid one is Edge. 
And then he has bangers after that. Like, he just turns it to fuck. That's Undertaker, though. Like, yeah. he, he found a way to rejuvenate himself to the point where he's going out there. And, and don't get me wrong. Two of those are with Shawn Michaels. So, yeah. and, and he's a guy who we're going to talk about probably in the same position, I imagine. But, yeah. like, it, it, the guy just never said quit. And even when he probably should have, I, like, I, do you, I don't know if you heard this, the story going in, in the, uh, through the rounds of news lately, but uh, Undertaker did an interview where he talked about how that match with John Cena that he had, the the squash match there, apparently he trained for that match to be like 45 minutes. He wanted to go 45 with John. And the day of the show, Vince is like, no, you got to squash him. He's been talking shit about you. And he's like, what do you mean I got to squash him? I'm in the best shape of my life. And Vince just fucking laughed. Yeah. That's that. That's the Undertaker. So, like, anyway, we've 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 uh, we've drifted off. But my my point is that like, I thought this match was pretty good. Um, but it, again, as much as I think it would have truly benefited Randy Orton's career to have won this match, I do get why they couldn't do it. Well, yeah, at, at the time he was, he was a mess. So, and not only that, but like, um, like I, I, the way I look at it, dude, is like the streak meant more after, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they, they used that for, for a lot going forward. And I it, 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 I think, and it made, oh, it made WrestleMania, you know, a little bit more fun every year to see who was going to try and take down The Undertaker. So I feel like I would rather that than Randy Orton have that win all those years ago when yeah. he was still on the come up. That's fair. Um, we'll move along. You're number four. Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero. I thought this match was really, really great. And it, it like it's super sad because like this is the last time you see Eddie at WrestleMania. But to know that like this was his last performance, I mean they they didn't get a lot of time, which I was kind of disappointed by. But it's in the opening slot, you know the crowd's super hot for it. And I don't know, man, I thought this was good shit, really really good. And all, every time these guys had matches, they were always good. But this one for me stands out just because of the of the time of it, I guess. Yeah. That's fair. Um, my number three, uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match. You never forget your first, do you? This was this was great. Yeah, everybody in it contributed in a big way. They had only one big man in it, and Kane did all the big man stuff. Uh highlights, I mean, as much as I hate to talk about Benoit diving head first off of the ladder, that was definitely a highlight. The stuff that, that Christian was doing, um, Shelton Benjamin, oh my oh. god, he truly should have won one of these, and it's a tragedy that he never did. But that, that running flip that he, and, but, uh, and Edge winning was a good choice. Yeah, like, again, while I will say, like, this this was supposed to be the thing that catapulted his career, and that first title win did not do that. But that being said, 
No, it, it was, it's cool to kind of, again, we're, we're going into the, the, this year's Hollywood WrestleMania and there's so many contrasts between, you know, this and this one and, and that. Um, but what's the most interesting is how many of the wrestlers on this pay-per-view, Kyle, that are wrestling at WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. You're not kidding. Like, we're talking, let's see, Rey Mysterio, yeah. Edge. Yeah. I mean, Shelton's not going to be there, but he'll be on the SmackDown before. Yeah, th- there you go. Um John Cena, mm-hmm. like it's Trish. Trish, Trish, yeah, Trish, as we mentioned earlier, like it's it's pretty amazing considering. But uh, do you think Batista shows up? I would have thought that they would have had him for the Hall of Fame, but it looks like they're only going with the four. Mm. It's weird. Like I, I don't know. It seems like such a perfect moment for him. Especially considering he's got the big movie coming out this summer, too. Um, you're number three. I also have the uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, the, it, see, I'll say this. I, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, this was the first WrestleMania that I had ever watched. Well, we, when we all sat down to watch it, it was unfortunately on that god-awful Hulk Hogan segment. Um... And we had missed this match and the opening match. Um, but uh, going back and watching it, I've, I've seen it a few times now. Uh, it stands out, I think, because like ladder matches for us now are so commonplace. Whereas back then, like the, this was kind of like fun to go back and see all these guys in their youth just having a, as good of a match as they could. Like I, I hold, I, I when or sorry, when when we go back and we watch these shows, we have to watch so many whatever matches, and ladder matches are always a, a good way to you know kick things up a notch. But these guys worked extra hard. Uh, uh, one thing I will say about this is who the fuck is Tyson Tomko? Um, yeah, I think they wanted him to be a bigger deal than he ended up being. I think the whole deal was that he was supposed to turn on Christian. And then feud with him. Um, but that didn't really end up happening. Uh, I don't remember the reason for that. I think they, they, they split up, but they... They were put back together, I think, in TNA. I, I'm, start, I'm, start, I'm looking at this guy right now, and I'm starting to remember who this guy is. Okay. Um... But yeah, I thought this match was great. Number two. I don't need to go into too much details into it because you talked about it already, but Eddie and Ray are incapable of having a bad match. And I'm glad that... I I mean, I would have loved this to get an extra few minutes, but I'm glad this got the opportunity it did. I'm glad it got the spot that it did. It was a great way to open the show. These two were absolutely flying back and forth. Uh, The counters upon counters, like... Is it their best match ever? No, it's not. But again, they're incapable of having a bad one, and this is a great match. The only thing about it, honestly, is is the time. I wish it got like five more minutes. I agree, but you know, like, I don't know that like 
the thing about it is that there weren't many matches. Like, on this show, only two matches eclipsed the 20-minute mark. That's true. That's true. Um, and that being said, too, I, I guess that they were, you know, like tag team champions at the time. So I guess you probably didn't want to, you know, go off the rails and start have this big, like, match when you, you knew you were going to lead to this breakup anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to your number two. Uh, I want to, my number two, I wanted to get, like, give a highlight to these, uh, video packages, uh, going into each of the matches. I thought that, especially the Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels one, so well done. So well done. Um, but not only that, I really love the commercials. It, it, uh, like, all that, all the production they put into this WrestleMania, like, don't get me wrong, like, I enjoyed this one more than, uh, I, I enjoyed last year's. <laughs> WrestleMania 2 viewing, but like the, they bigged up this show and it delivered in some spots, not in others. Unfortunately, not in the main event or either main event for me anyway. Um, but like I said, the production going into it, the video packages, the commercials, I, that's my number two. Number one, Sean and Angle is an incredible match. Yes. Yeah, this is what, was this your first time? Yeah. It was counters back and forth. It was incredible mat wrestling between the two. Like, I know by this time everybody knew that Kurt Angle was, was you know, truly great. But it just goes without saying how amazing it is that the guy, you know, was able to have matches like this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. He's, it was just a. It was just a really great match. The submission finish was fantastic. That ankle lock at the end had locked in for absolutely ever. Um, other spots in this match. I mean, they're, they're trying to hit the moonsault back and forth. Like this it, whole feud was sort of built on the everything you can do, I can do better thing with the Kurt Angle, and. Man, as great as Shawn Michaels is in over the history of WrestleMania, Kurt Angle completely hung with him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So this is uh, obviously also my number one. Like, uh, the the moonsault. Firstly, Kurt Angle has the best moonsault in the world. Like, bar none. Like that guy gets not only does he get air, but like he just has the perfect rotation and he misses every single fucking time. It's like Ric Flair going to the top rope. If Kurt Angle is going to the top rope, you know that it's going to be a belly flop. Yeah, he did that moonsault off a cage once. Yeah. Like, ugh. But regardless, though, uh, this match is so, so... It was the first time I ever watched a wrestling match and was like, after was like, wow, that was something... I felt like that was something special. Um, I was young, so, like, I hadn't really experienced much of that yet. I just thought wrestling was cool and whatever. I, I'm one of those guys who grew up in the era of the invasion and enjoyed it because I was a kid. So when I saw this, it, it's just like, firstly, Shawn Michaels selling just that, that, like you said, that ankle lock at the end, like as soon as Kurt Angle grapevine the ankle, it just became a battle of, you know, it, honestly, the only way I would have preferred this is if maybe uh, Shawn passed out, but they ended up having two more matches anyway and trading wins and, and whatnot. So like 
regardless, uh, yeah, this, this is, is so good. And, uh, I think even Sean says this is his best WrestleMania match. I'm not sure if Kurt, uh, thinks the same, but, um, Oh, like this, it was a treat on this card because like everything was kind of like good to like, or I mean the outside of the ladder match and, and Rey Mysterio, everything else was kind of like meh. So when this match came on, like it, it really, you know, encapsulated everything that WrestleMania is supposed to be, I think. Totally. Uh, what do you give this show? That match alone like deserves at least two. Uh, so I'll give it a, I'll give it a four. I, I, I can't say, like, the things I didn't enjoy on this show didn't hinder a great match with Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels, uh, and a great ladder match and Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero mixing it up in the opener. Like, uh, I thought, and even, even props to Taker and Orton, I, again, like, they, everybody worked hard. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, four for me. What about you? Um, I don't know. Like, this is such a, like, it's such a polarizing back-and-forth show. Like, I had to deal with a sumo match. Uh, <laughs> with Stat- Trish Stratus and Christy Hemme had, you know, everything... Had Batista and Triple H taking forever. But, like, yeah, there were some good matches in the show, too. I'll say three and a half. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Rylan, we're getting to the end of this. We've got a lot of content coming to the program. Why don't you tell the people about it? Well, like we've uh, let's let's start it Monday. Monday we uh, we dropped our Wrestle Quizdom uh, return uh, with a WrestleMania themed edition. We had Vince, <coughs> Will, and Rob take on each other, and you should tune in to see who is the Wrestle Quizdom champion. I think I might have spoiled that off the top anyway. Um, on Tuesday, we dropped, uh, God, our, uh, our, our Winnipeg review. Sorry. It's, it's a late night for me, guys. Um, we, we, our Winnipeg Dynamite review. Uh, me and Kyle attended Dynamite a few weeks ago. Uh, we have some news to get into about that. Uh, definitely when we get back to Wednesday Night Wall, because there appears to have been an injury, but it was a great show and it's a great podcast to check out. Wednesday, God, what what dropped on Wednesday? Kyle, help me out here, man. <laughs> um, on the Wednesday we had uh, the sports report. Yes, yes, that were myself. Yeah, that yes, uh, myself and Kyle uh, talked about the MLB uh, or gave an MLB preview as well as talked about the World Baseball Classic, which was uh, something that encapsulated the world for a while there. Um. Our WrestleMania uh, 39 preview drops Thursday, Friday, World's Funniest Podcast, where myself, Kyle, uh, Mick Hawley, and, of course, DK uh, sat down to on my birthday to talk uh, all things me. Kyle, did you enjoy yourself on that show? Uh, yeah, I did um, enjoy myself. It was it was interesting. I learned I learned some interesting information for sure. <laughs> Probably too much. <laughs> Saturday, we will have a Ring of Honor, uh, Supercard of Honor review. Myself and Jack London are going to check out that show. That show sounds fantastic. I don't know, Kyle, if you've seen the uh, the card to that yet. My God. I've seen a couple matches for it, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be something else. 
Um, and of course, Saturday and Sunday are WrestleMania. Myself and Kyle will sit down and review each night of WrestleMania in two different shows. Thus, uh, finishing the busiest week in this podcast history. As you could probably tell, I'm exhausted from all the hours of working and editing and getting all these shows to you guys. So with all that being said, Kyle, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to these podcasts where they can find us on social media? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at WMWallup, Instagram, WMWallup, Facebook, search Wednesday at Wallop. Um, my name, Rylan's name will be there. That's us. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at LeregendaryKJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Rylan, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. With all that being said, Kyle, send the fine folks home happy. Uh, thank you so much for listening all to the ways the end. We appreciate you greatly, and you have been walloped. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.